Hello again, my friends, and welcome to Jorgensen Soundbox, the sandbox of sounds. On this show, I welcome you to join me along my journey down various insane rabbit holes. Today, an episode I've been looking forward to for months. Um, I got wind of this kind of weird Web3 project uh, back in October when it started, and I've been slowly learning more ever since, but this is my first opportunity to really dive in with members of the team and ask a ton of questions that have been sitting on my mind um, until I got the opportunity. Squid Dow is the project. It describes itself as an economic flywheel backed by Ethereum. In practice, as we'll hear, it's part company, part DeFi investment fund, part NFT project, and it's built and run by a pseudonymous team from all around the world. Squid's a really compelling opportunity uh, right now as it's trading for roughly the value of the assets it holds in its treasury, but it also has earnings potential uh, above $10 million a year um, from selling NFTs and some of its yield farming strategies. Um, So full disclosure, I own Squid. I have staked a small amount of Squid for months. I have skin in the game here. Um, no investment advice. This is possibly some shilling, but also I'm interested in learning more because I invested in it and I invested in it in order to learn more. That's, uh, how it all works now. Um, if you, if you really rock the squid Dow and all the various components, I think it's a very good microcosm of the whole wide world of web three. And I do try to keep this episode sort of low jargon, accessible to almost everyone, though we definitely throw in some examples and some lingo that is not commonplace. Um, If you're curious and a quick Google doesn't solve it, just tweet me. Um, I'm happy to help um, and explain things. Everybody who knows anything has learned it from somebody else. um, And we're all happy to kind of bring each other along. This, uh, this is an amazing opportunity to, to talk to a few members of the team, some very early, and for me to learn much more about them, the project, its origins, and its outlook. Um, one of the things I really love about SquidDAO is how long-term it is in a sea of projects that are sort of opportunistic um, or short-sighted. And uh, interestingly, this is my first pseudonymous podcast. Um, I don't know any of the three people who participate in this interview. I've never met them. I don't know their real names. I don't know where they live. I just know their handles uh, from the Discord and the Twitter. And I'm sure with the way Web3 is going, it won't be my last pseudonymous interview. Our uh, main topics are sort of, we start with what SquidDAO is. Um, It's really a a megatron of various forks of projects all over Web3. Um, We talk about the backgrounds of uh, sort of the team and why they prefer to stay anonymous and what kind of work they do on a day-to-day basis in the DAO. And then we talk about the economics um, and really dig into how to value DAO tokens and how you look at the cash flows and how you look at where these the revenue is going to come from um, denominating things in ETH rather than dollars. Um, I, I really kind of get into the details there. Uh, and if you enjoy this, um, check out my newsletter. Uh, I share weekly blog posts there. I'll have an essay about SquidDAO this week. And I have a bunch of other Web3 essays out there and more to come. ejorgensoncom slash newsletter. 
but please enjoy this conversation arriving at your ears in three, two, one. Okay. Um, welcome, welcome squids, uh, one and all big and small. Um, I'm very excited to learn a ton more about this, this project, um, and have all three of you here, um, hidden, but here and dive all the way, um, deep with the, with the squids. Um, I, I'm like a certified non-genius, uh, as anybody who has ever interacted with me knows. Um, so I'm going to try to keep like jargon low and ideas relatable, um, kind of to anybody listening. Um, but I really want to go as deep as we can on squid Dow, And I feel like we got a great crew here to kind of take us all the way. Um, but I'd love to start with you guys kind of all introducing yourselves. Um, I know you're all pseudonymous or anon, uh, but if you would each give me like a little bit of your background and experience that kind of led you to where you are and give you the skills to jump into the DAO, that'd be a great place to start. Sure. I could start. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Big squid. You start. I'll have to like moderate this since there's like three of us in zoom, you know, is what it is. Big yeah, squid, no take it away. Um, yeah. First, thanks so much for having us. Uh, very excited to talk about squid today and kind of get the word out to some, some people. Um, that maybe haven't necessarily heard about Squid or don't know about Ohm and, and kind of the, the mechanisms they built. Um, but a little bit about me. So uh, previously to working in crypto, I used to do a lot of fintech uh, strategy work. Um, so kind of like chief of staff uh, style work for, for fintech startups. Um, and so that was for a couple of years. And then in the last bull run, I kind of fell down the crypto rabbit hole um very late in the cycle probably like december of 2017 and then really started getting involved in january 2018 um so some of you know that may know that's probably the worst timing possible um but i i kind of stuck with it or i intensely stuck with it and uh researched every single second i could uh followed up on all the news obviously there was a lot less news back then but you know that's a, over those months like you start to, started to see defi come about uh, with MakerDAO and Aave and and some of the earliest DeFi protocols. Um, so I was always researching, always involved in crypto Twitter, uh, just learning as much as I could. And then in kind of quarantine times, like early quarantine times, when things started taking off, um, I kind of went all in and left my, my nine to five fintech job to be a crypto DeFi to gen full time. Um, so I spent a full, um, about a full year investing on my own, farming everything. Uh, new protocols were launching every day back then in DeFi summer. So, you know, there was no time to rest, uh, awake all hours of the day, uh, learning as much as I could. Uh, and then from there, uh, I started contributing to some DeFi protocols, uh, and started working for, for a DeFi protocol full time, whatever that means in crypto. Uh, and then, um, yeah, kind of had this opportunity to, to I saw Squid launching um, and I had an opportunity to get in early. Um, and I am actually one of the few people or maybe the only person that knows the team personally. Um, so not full anonymous, pseudonymous. Um, and I've kind of been the one to vouch for in the early days when, when people are, you know, it's generally a scary thing to invest when you don't know who the builders are. Um, so I was kind of the one to step up and kind of take that responsibility onto myself saying like, okay, you only have to trust me because I trust them. 
Um, and yeah, things have kind of uh, gone crazy since then. And now I've kind of full-time Squid DAO uh, all day, every day thinking about Squid DAO. Nice. Um, yeah, I want to come back to that kind of like challenges around Anon and, and trust building and vouching. Um, but we'll do intros for the other two uh, guys. But real quick, if you had like three, like the skills that you came into Squid DAO with, um, you know, like if you had to put yourself in a box, are you like a wear many hats? Are you a developer? Are you a like DeFi expert around sort of investing in allocation? Like what, what is the, what are the hats that you wear? Yeah. So, um, I guess like many hats, not a developer at all, no technical skills, no design skills. Um, just wear many hats in the sense that like, uh, strategy DeFi to gen, uh, many years or, you know, a year plus, which is a lot of years in crypto <laughs> years, but of DeFi yeah. experience. Um, so yeah, just, just kind of like general strategy investment type skills. Cool. Got it. All right. Uh, Squid Steed, you want to, uh, you want to take the mic next? Yeah, yeah, sure. Happy to, happy to do that. I'm very new compared to most of the folks that I'm involved with at Squid Dow, most of the folks that I'm involved with in the broader DGEN space. You know, I've worked in, in TradFi for about 12 years in a number of different roles, investment research, uh, you know, various investment analyst type gigs, now more of a portfolio manager, um, and, private client space. Uh, and I've, I've done a lot of institutional work as well. So to me, tw uh, 10, 12, 14 years ago in college, the the puzzle of of the broader Web2 economy, right, of the stock market, bond market economy was just so fascinating. And uh, I love to try to figure out how all the pieces worked. Um, and coming into this, as a newer person, probably the, the newest person on um, you know, on the team at SquidDAO in terms of crypto time, uh, it, it's it's a lot like that. It's one big puzzle to figure out. So I'm trying to use the skills that I have um, in the DAO, which, you know, are around communications, uh, marketing, coordination of the community. I, I really love to see, uh, to meet people and figure out what their, their skills are in the DAO and then, you know, find other people that they might be a good fit to work with or, you know, as we go through the huge list of tasks that the projects that we have to, to work on, you know, send send resources to those projects, send people to those tasks, you know, and and watch people uh, kind of, you know, uh, flourish in the DAO and come up in the DAO. I think it's really fascinating. So, you know, so I've got it's been uh, I think the fascinating thing for me has been taking uh, trying to adapt my uh, my TradFi background to all this and. Uh, some of it adapts, you know, uh, some of it, um, thinking about risks and thinking about building out a, uh, a deployed ETH treasury, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of overlap from TradFi, but there's also a lot that doesn't overlap, you know, um, so really having to kind of bend my head, bend my thinking around, um, how all this works is it's, it's pretty wild. So, um, yeah, so, so that's me and I'll be happy to dig into any more of that. Cool. No, that sounds awesome. So you kind of uh, you bring a TradFi background, you work a lot on the community and kind of bringing people in and then helping them get plugged in and, and working through. Um, do you work on any of the sort of deployment strategy too with with some of your investment background? Yeah, so, well, the way that I've approached it is, you know, a, a lot of a lot of the strategies and all the way that people think about strategies is very what we call bottom up. 
uh, in my business. You know, very specific to the individual strategy, the individual uh, token and that tokens e- ecosystem and um, buying it, staking it, borrowing against it, um, earning returns off of it. My background is more of, of trying to optimize from the top-down view, right? So where a lot of people are really geeking out on those individual strategies, my, my perspective is like, what are we doing with the whole pie, right? How all do the, all those pieces fit together? And what is like the fully deployed treasury look like as a portfolio, you know? Um, and I, I think that that's, that is an asset to the down. I'm not, you know, I think the bottom up analyst type level is more relevant probably and probably more important, but as we think about being an investment fund, right? Um, an allocated, uh, large ETH black hole that's deployed into DeFi across multiple types of strategies. I, I think that looking at it through that kind of overall or holistic lens is going to be more and more relevant. Yeah, super interesting. Okay. Um, so, and we'll we'll uh, explain more of, of those things in a minute here, but uh, let's do Zoption's uh, intro real quick. You ready, Zoption? Yeah, let's do it. Well, yeah, um, my quick background... So I started as a, an options trader, actually, at a big bank and bailed on that shit really quick. <laughs> um, and I started a tech company after that. And that was about four years, raised money on it. I do have a little bit of an engineering background, at least in that phase of my life. Um, sold that company and I was at the company that acquired me for like a couple of years. Then I started another tech company still in the middle of that one. Um, so kind of familiar with VC tech, that kind of stuff. I started my crypto journey in 2016, uh, actually as a miner, <laughs> oddly enough. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of got involved at least a little bit uh, during that phase as well. So like had had GPUs, then transitioned and actually had a pretty large like facility for a period of time doing Bitcoin, that kind of stuff. And then like most of us, you realize, well, what do you do with all these like coin just chilling in a wallet, right? And that that kind of was the genesis of me getting into DeFi was trying to figure out that piece of it, similar timing to Big Squid. Uh, I'd like everyone DeFi summer, realizing that all of these assets are workable lending borrowing and um you know that's really led to a lot of kind of portfolio management um and now in terms of how i got involved in the dow i mean we <laughs> made a pretty big investment <laughs> in squid at the start who's uh, who's uh we just like a group of friends right we all found it kind of in a similar time frame so we were all bidding on the kind of original nfts um in fact we the like on the very first launch i believe we were like one of the only other bids against like the squid zero like the first one and so everyone was super nervous trying to figure out like what is this project because there just was no information about it right yeah so that's how that's how i originally got involved in the dow was really like investing in it and then realizing okay like this project needs a lot of help. And I think, you know, Big Squid had the same approach where, okay, we're invested in this. We we under, we can like very clearly see what the needs are. The engineering team was awesome and was really solid and ships really fast. But in terms of like organization, 
treasury deployment, community management. There's a lot of holes to fill over the like you know first thirty to sixty days, and so that was kind of the genesis of how I got started with Squid, and and now like you know being involved in in other DAOs or trying to cut partnerships and things like that. It's actually it's how a lot of them operate. Like a lot of them are these kind of big groups of people that are collaborating across multiple projects that are trying to understand how to help each other, how to help, you know, whether it's treasury deployment or bonding or policy setup. Um, it's actually really cool to see kind of the whole ecosystem um, as it's developed. Yeah. I mean, I feel like DAOs are a super exciting space and we're just, uh, I don't know, they're just barely crawling. I feel like um, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. Some like all DAOs are, are struggling in their own ways to figure out the new ways to work and um, allocate information and resources and all this stuff. So um, uh, let's do let's do a like, what the hell is Squid DAO uh, sort of 101. Um, I, I remember learning about this kind of shortly after launch. Um, but it really like the most exciting description and pithy description I've seen is like an economic flywheel backed by ETH. Um, but I think each of you described it like a little bit differently. Um, so, but let, let's start with like, what is it? How do you describe it? And then, uh, we'll, we'll kind of try to flesh that out a little bit. Sure. So I guess first to start, let's give like the TradFi, like web two description of what it is. Um, basically SquidDAO is a SPAC that raised close to 16,000 ETH. Um, and is now basically tasked with putting those ETH to work. And on top of that is kind of like a profitable tech company where we have different um, revenue streams that all bring in ETH or um, wrap stake squid from bonding. And those are also added to the treasury. Um, but kind of holistically uh, from there, from right, the SPAC is raised. Now, what do we do? Um, SquidDAO is an ETH investment vehicle um and kind of like a flywheel in a sense like you said where m the more eth comes in the more eth we have to invest the more strategies we could look into so SquidDAO kind of started with um if people are familiar with DeFi yield farming it kind of started with just on-chain um public open to anyone yield farms um and we were determined to be the best at that and we're going to deploy the most strategies which we are doing um at a pretty high level um but kind of as we get more mature and move up the risk curve, we're now looking to take on more and different types of investments. So whether this means seed investments into uh, seed venture style investments into new DeFi protocols or kind of getting creative and, and doing some ETH loans to some new projects to help them get off the ground um, or kind of partnership style investments. So right now, we're working with a protocol called Redacted. Uh, to We actually acquired 250K of their token uh, and are and have pushed put forward a proposal to their DAO to say, okay, our interests are now aligned. We would love for you to do bonding of our token. Um, so it's kind of very interesting in the fact that we're kind of a high level in ETH investment fund. But then when you dig down to the deeper level of how the fund is structured, um, there'll be multiple sub- uh, strategies that will allow us to to invest in a lot of different um, levels of risk across the board. 
Yeah. So I, I had a question here that was like, you know, by way of analogy, is, is it more like a fund or more like a company? And I, I think you said kind of early in your answer, like it's actually kind of both at once. Um, and, and maybe the right way to say is like there's three different revenue streams. Um, yeah. Inspired by different protocols. Uh, so do you want to you want to walk us through like each of these but you can't i also don't don't think it's fair to assume that everybody knows the uh the like de- <laughs> uh yeah, origin of each project yeah. Yeah, yeah um but yeah so the interesting thing is it's like imagine a spac that continues to live on it's not just a vehicle that raises once and then spends it um so we had the initial fundraising which we can kind of talk about how we were a fair launch and and how we raised the money we could talk about that later but um for the purpose of this question um, we had initial liquidity into the fund, um, and the so the liquidity is there. And then we have the three revenue sources, which all come from forked protocols, um, which means basically other teams in DeFi built it, and we copy pasted it to our protocol to kind of leverage it in a way that makes sense to us. Um, and kind of what's unique here is like we didn't just fork one protocol and then do the exact same thing as them. We forked multiple and then kind of built something new. Um, so the first is Olympus DAO, which has built a bonding mechanism, um, which allows the treasury to take in different assets and then in return bond back or give you back more of their governance tokens. So in their case, Ohm and our case, Squid at a discount. So for example, you give us 100 units of token X and we'll give you back 120 units of squid over five days. Um, so that's one way, which means that the the token X, and in our case, ETH, that is brought into the treasury, um, is actually just going straight into the treasury. Um, it's indirectly, you know, it's just like in traditional finance, when you bond, when you do a bond, you're, you're raising money via bonds. Um, so similar to that. Um, the second revenue source is actually all the interest we've earned from putting our ETH to work. Um, so right again, in TradFi, like there is no interest to be had anywhere, but in DeFi due to risk levels and, um, governance tokens and various other reasons, there's high yields to be earned. Um, so with about more than half, 60% of our ETH put to work right now, we're earning a pretty substantial amount of ETH and other governance tokens a year. Um, and then lastly, the last revenue stream is a fork of Nouns DAO, which is basically a, a DAO with no token, only NFTs, um, where one NFT is auctioned per day, and those NFTs actually are governance rights. So in most DAOs and crypto projects, the token holders actually vote. Um, in Nouns, it's only the NFTs. So we took that idea and implemented it where one NFT is auctioned per day in Squid DAO, um, and those NFTs. Uh, not only get a governance vote, but actually share in protocol fees, uh, which means that fees earned by the protocol are, are shared back out to NFT holders. Um, but kind of to add on top of that, again, I know I'm kind of getting deep into the, the hole here, but <laughs> um, the Squid DAO governance isn't just NFT holders. It's actually also VE Squid, which is a fork of the Curve uh, Finance locked mechanism. Um, so like the NFTs at SquidDAO, VE Squid also has governance rights and the rights to, to protocol fees, um, which kind of makes it a, a ma- SquidDAO a mashup of a lot of different protocols um, and all the successful parts of various protocols and mashing them together to make something new. 
yeah, I think it's really, uh, I think it's really cool to imagine this as just like getting Megatron together of like a bunch of different good ideas from all over, all over DeFi and Web3. Um, so l- let me like, uh, let me recap by analogy back to like the world of equity and see if I've got this vaguely correct. Um, so profits come in from NFT sales. Um, and from the initial like $64 million in ETH, basically that you brought in when you first like spacked yourself and went for sale. Um, then you earn, then you deploy the, what's in the treasury from NFT profits and that initial liquidity into yield farming, um, and profits from the bonding and staking. So there's like, there's a bunch of treasury assets, um, then there's sources of profit, and then there's sources of profit from those treasury assets. And the benefits um, of all of those earnings basically go back to the, the, the like equity holders actually like split. So there's like the NFT holders and the token holders both receive benefits from that. So you can kind of own equity in the project by owning an NFT or by owning the token or both. Um, with the one more caveat that if you lock, which I think is a really interesting mechanism, like there's no, there's no long-term, there's no uh, analogy for this in TradFi really, I guess, except like illiquid startup equity. But the, if you lock it up for a long period of time, you essentially get like more rewards and more governance rights. Um, if, if you say like, I'm committing to hold this token for four years or two years or whatever. Did I say anything wrong in there? No, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's okay. uh, yeah a lot going <laughs> on, obviously, but yeah that, yeah, that pretty much covers it. I would add to uh, you know it's it's interesting. Yes, we are a mashup of uh, a lot of different innovations from uh, from crypto and DeFi, um, and you can look at it one way as this laundry list of of innovations opportunities. But it's also I think helpful to look at it from like what are the opportunities for an individual user to interact with us, right? To interact with us as a DAO or as a protocol. Uh, and they're kind of, depending on what a person is really passionate about, there are a handful of ways uh, to do that. You know, a person who's uh, passionate about a buy and hold strategy or buy, hold and stake strategy, uh, buying the token, you know, we have the squid token um, with staking and a commitment to long-term protocol health, right? Uh, if you're passionate about NFTs, then we have a sweet set of NFTs that's, you know, a lot more than just a PFP for your Twitter profile. Uh, it has a revenue stream attached to it, right? It has, it has voting rights attached to it. Uh, and if you're if you're passionate about governance and the expansion of, or proliferation of more and more governance opportunities in DeFi, you know, we have that opportunity as well um, in that the NFT uh, has governance uh, opportunities, locking has governance opportunities. So, you know, from that way, there's a lot of different ways that a person can interact with SquidDAO and find um, something, you know, interact in a way they're passionate about or take advantage of all of it, come in uh, and innovate with us. You know, it it does have kind of an experimental, like a lot of things here, has an experimental feel to it. But I think that that's a has been a benefit for us because um, we've got a lot of people who have who are OGs in the business. Um, who are like, yeah, come in. What's your idea? What do you think we should do? You know, uh, or if somebody does have an idea, it's like, okay, well, we'll go do it and let us know when it's ready to launch. You know, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm glad you um, I'm glad you mentioned the governance uh, too, because I, I, like, what is the what is the draw for people to get involved in governance? Um, you know, why why would people buy the NFT in order to get the vote or or stake their long term squid in order to to get a vote? What what are the some of the things that they're voting on? Sure. Um, so two parts there. One is why why would someone do it? Um, so as of now, it's kind of just like hobbyist is not the right word, but, you know, just like early adopters, hobbyists, uh, innovators who see this innovation happening and want to take part in it. Um, but now we're very quickly transitioning to basically the opportunist stage of it, where we're in contact with a couple of VCs that have realized that if they acquire or win an auction, one NFT auction, they could post votes to our governance to say, Hey, deploy 200 ETH as seed liquidity to this new DeFi protocol I just invested in. Um, so we're very quickly transitioning <laughs> from, from like, yeah, from like, oh, all of us think this is awesome and, and we're so nerdy and this is innovative to like real opportunists who are going to come in and say, I just invested in this this DeFi protocol. They need seed liquidity. We'll give you some tokens um, if you ape in a million dollars of your ETH. Um, and they're all able to do that by just buying an NFT. And this isn't something that many people have realized yet, but I think once the first VC or investor or whoever the large persona is that does this first, will kind of start this FOMO and realize that like, hey, like this is a real decentralized fund. And by spending 10 ETH on an NFT, I could actually, you know, fund my own project if governance agrees to push it through. And what's your, like, what's your outlook on that? Is that is that like, oh shit, that's a hostile takeover? Is that, or is that kind of like, hey, like it's open and that's how DAOs roll? Like, well, the, the cool thing is that, like, you know, that you can you can buy as much squid as you want, but if you have, if you have one NFT, you get one vote. You know, not to say that they couldn't stack ten or fifteen or twenty FTs, you know, type of thing. But it's interesting in that you know there is that ability to direct. Um, deploy, um, you know, deployment of assets in an advantageous way based on an NFT vote. Um, but it's, you know, it's our argument that, uh, that is going to be pitched to be in the best interest of the rest of our holders as well that are, that are trying to get that premium off of ETH. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I'm ready for things to get crazy. Like, if you want to <laughs> come in and propose some crazy, crazy strategies, like, we're all for it. But, like, keep in mind, it obviously still needs to pass governance, right? So if you buy an NFT and come out with this absurd strategy that is so risky and is, you know, not really what we're interested in doing, it's going to get rejected. But if you come in and say, I just funded this DeFi protocol, yields are high, they're going to give you some governance tokens, uh, it was audited, then yeah, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to ape in some money. So, you know, I'm really excited for for that to happen and and for things to get kind of crazy and have like Squid Dow be almost like a, a fully open fund where anyone can, you know, the rules are set. And if you follow those rules, you can come in and, and kind of access some of the liquidity. So let's talk about like the incentive alignment there. So basically everybody who's involved in the project just wants more revenue. Like what is the order of operations of things that they want? Like, are they, so we all want more revenue for the treasury. Um, does it matter like what the mix is value accrues to the token um, and sort of to the NFT? You mentioned a rev share for the NFTs, which I think is really interesting um, just as a, as a mechanic that's kind of totally new in 
in the sort of web three world, but, um, what, yeah, like, so, what happens? So I guess at a high level, like what people involved in the project want is, um, for squid to be, uh, sorry, for ETH to be put in the treasury to be put to work in a way where squid trades at a premium. Um, meaning that like, if you, even if you have a hundred ETH in your own wallet, you could theoretically run all these strategies we're running, but it's the, between gas and time and, and risk, it's really not as effective. Um, and as we move up the risk curve and start making seed investments and, and other uh, partnerships and other things that are kind of exclusively offered to Squid Dow um, due to our size and community and, and, um, and reach, um, then the, the premium of the token starts to accrue that like, hey, this isn't just a pile of ETH sitting in Aave or Compound. This is stuff that really is kind of above my head as even a sophisticated DeFi investor. Um, yeah. And then outside of that, like, I guess everyone's interests are a little bit different. Like, uh, are you just a, a stake token holder? Are you a V holder? Are you an NFT holder? Um, but actually yesterday or this morning, actually, uh, in governance, something was just pushed through where now previously a hundred percent of all ETH raised from NFTs was going straight to the treasury. Um, but following this most recent governance proposal, 50% of that will actually be immediately dispersed back out to VE and NFT holders um, with a small port 10% going to team and contributors. Um, so this is really interesting because now holding locked VE squid and NFTs is actually a productive asset, right? Like it's one thing to earn rewards in the same token that you're invested in, right? Then you're just kind of like compounding your risk in a sense um, or compounding your investment. Um, but when you're getting paid out ETH, right, like that's anyone involved in the space, we'll call that real money. Um, so you're getting real interest on on these investments, um, which I think will be really exciting, uh, which will allow investors to to buy NFTs and then calculate, OK, in 250 days, I'll have made back my initial investment just on ETH payouts. Um, so it kind of adds a lot of new layers and, and it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited about it as a holder myself yeah. to be able to hold these assets and, and get ETH. That's amazing. Okay, so I want to I want to do two things um, to to sort of uh, bring everybody along for the ride here. Um, so one is to just like walk through the is that as simple as if I hold this NFT in my wallet or if I hold VE Squid, which I'll define for a second um, it, or in a second. If those are in my wallet, then basically new ETH just like pops into my wallet every day, every week, like, and so, I do so nothing. Yeah. Else there'll be a claiming function. So the way the way the contract will be set up is <clears throat> basically daily new ETH will be accrued based on what you own, right? So if you have VE squid or if you have, like say you have two NFTs, then your portion will be kind of split and then be claimed. You don't have to claim it every day. We've had a lot of questions come up as this has gotten passed. We can sit there and chill and it's not going to do anything, but you can claim it whenever you want to. I mean, in the short term, it'll be the highest yielding ETH asset. Like, a as more NFTs are released and as more people lock, it's it's going to come down. But I mean, even just like napkin math, it's going to be well above 50% yield on direct ETH, right? So we're pumped about it. It, it should, I mean, in theory, it's going to drive the price of NFTs up quite a bit. So you know, how it affects our treasury. I don't even know if it'll change that much because the price of NFTs will go up and the treasury's portion is fine. One of the things we're talking about as well, just when we're 
thinking about proposals is a reduction in APY because the kind of counterpoint to doing this is all oh, like, well, the treasury needs ETH, right? That's how you guys are minting squid. That's how it works. But the way, the best way to handle that is actually an APY reduction. And our protocols matured. And so I think we're, that's kind of the course. We'll, we'll put a schedule together similar to Olympus and, and kind of reduce APY over time. And that will kind of reduce inflation of squid and doing this process, I think, only brings more value to the long-term holders of Squid through vSquid. And then, of course, those that are really heavy uh, on the NFT side that are, like Big Squid is saying, putting out proposals. And, to, you know, to his point earlier, like, stuff gets rejected all the time. Like, people do post stuff and it doesn't go through. And it, it's not like everything that, that comes in is going to get approved. And I think we we're open to the idea of someone coming in and locking a ton of squid, buying a bunch of NFTs and trying to get a large allocation, you know, put to, to an opportunity because I mean, every, everyone today, like it's a small group of people. It's not thousands of people. There's probably, I don't know what, I don't know what you guys think. It's probably give or take 50 to 60 people that have real influence in squid governance. And I think, a, a lot of them are like pretty big whales, I would say, as well as really smart people in DeFi. So increasing that that brain power, that group of people is we're totally open to it. Like like Big Squid said, we're down for it to get crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 so neat. I just wanted to add this. It's so neat from my perspective too, because you know, a lot of the stuff that I work on in TradFi is these super high end strategies, right? Um, that have really fascinating stuff going on. And some of it's in VC, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, that stuff is so closed off to the average investor, right? It's it's super high-end strategy for a super high-end client, you know? But what this does is, you know, this is the whole beauty of DeFi, right? And this truly kind of democratizes access to the best and most innovative strategies possible. Obviously, you scale your, your rewards by scaling into a bigger size um, position, but the the person who, who wanders in, I mean, like me, I literally wandered into SquidDAO one day from from a different Discord. I was like, what's this? It just happened to be day two. And I got super involved because I love the people. Uh, yeah. It just seemed really promising. But a lot of people wander in and they just plonk down their um, 0.01, you know, Squid buy or whatever it is, and they're along for the ride. You know, that, that person, that buyer has the same access to the same benefits of all of this thinking um, and all of the VCs being involved and the whales being involved. And, you know, if they lock, they get that vote. If they buy an NFT, they get a piece of that revenue. So it, it, I guess given my newness in the space, it's such a stark contrast, right? Um, around the democratization of, of the opportunity itself. Uh, and it, it's just, it's really, really promising. Yeah. That's, um, a, a really good sort of, uh, that is going to highlight a point I want to make on the options, which is like the governance stuff that you mentioned that's getting voted in and voted out. Like all of this is open too. like because this is all in a DAO, anyone can go to discourse.squid.xyz and look at the debate around each of these strategies and what gets implemented and what doesn't. And it's a great way to sort of learn from all these big, big squid brains. It's so crazy. Like the amount of alpha that just gets shared within that group because 
anyone can go front run anything the DAO is doing. Like all the strategies that we're putting in place, all the discussion that's happening, all the partnerships. It's one of the coolest things where like any any holder, any person that joins the Discord that wants to be part of the community has access to like people that are so deep in this stuff and so smart. Like it's like that when you first learn, like you can watch a YouTube video and learn something, right? Like now you could join a Discord and be literally be you know, a couple clicks away from one of the smartest people in DeFi and their strategies and the way that they're thinking about the market or how they should position the treasury. Like, to me, that's the greatest benefit to being part of the Squid community. And there's a lot of like very heavy ETH kind of maxi strategies. People are, I mean, I don't know how many protocols get shared every single day, at least a couple a day, where someone walks through a strategy, something I've never even heard of, and I'm doing this all day. And so that's a really, really cool part of joining our community. Whereas, like, I, I'm in a bunch of other DAOs too. The level, uh, like, that part is very different. And a lot of those DAOs do reach out to us and ask for advice on treasury deployment or ask for advice on bonding. Like, our crew has gotten really good on the policy side and on the treasury management side that, you know, we're, we're being trusted outside of our own DAO to even give that advice. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I, I actually want to know kind of um, maybe from each of you if you're comfortable, but there's a lot of I've heard kind of each of you in your own way say, you know, I really love the people I came to trust them like these guys are awesome. Um, but almost everybody that I see in there is is anonymous. Um, so I want to know, like, how how do those relationships develop? How do you build trust? Like, as an anonymous account or with another anonymous account and and how do you gain the conviction that you know this team is amazing and that you're working with great people where does that come from for you for me specifically and then i'll shut up the <laughs> like one thing is wallets and blockchains never lie so that is one thing that's been really helpful is that Everyone knows everyone's position, essentially, because it is a smaller group, especially kind of within the Kraken group. And there's a lot of discussion and DMing that's going back and forth in the early days. Like p- people were stressed about having anonymous developers, stressed about like treasury funds, how, how it all works. And all of that incrementally was solved, right? Basically, every single day, risk was being laddered down, laddered down over time. And then more and more people emerged as kind of the leader of specific aspects of the protocol. You know, one of the big things that kind of formed is our, our policy team, which is just full of huge mega brains that now, like within a day, we'll have a solution to what's going on or a proposal on what's going to be implemented. We'll get it voted and then the devs, you know, implement it. That like seeing that whole process take place is basically what's removed kind of the risk, if you want to call it that, and built trust in those relationships. And then I think all of us have had to ha- like work pretty hard on specific partnerships or specific implementations, or in Big Squid's case, like kind of having to take the point of making the dev team accountable, getting answers to specific questions, starting sub-channels inside of Discord to get those discussions all the way through. And that that's built a ton of trust inside of the community because they know that you know big and others can 
kind of bring that accountability to the dev team and make sure things get implemented properly that get voted on. I also do personally know some of the people too. So that makes me feel comfortable as well. Not on the dev side, but other people involved. Got it. Yeah, I think there's something interesting around... Um, it's easy to trust a, a larger group of anonymous people if you know even a few people personally who who you give a lot of like cred to. Um, that kind of like that chain of trust is there. Um, but but jumping in without even one person that you have deep trust with, I think is is um, a little harder. It sounds like Big Squid had a similar like he knew some of the founding uh, early team already as well, but. Um, Squid Steed, you just you, you fell into the Discord <laughs> and ran with it. I didn't know anybody, man. I, I don't know. Any, <laughs> I don't know any. Well, I mean, I've talked to a couple people, and you know, we're I, I want to say we're approaching doxing, but I, I've developed trust with a lot of people. Um, you know, w- when I came in, I to to keep going back to my Web two experience, right? To to get really good at my day job, you have to be really predictable really like risk managed, really steady and mundane. And my, that drives me fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like that is not my personality. Like, so I'm kind of in this beat space gig where I've been in there 10 years and, you know, um, I like the startup mentality. I like the uncertainty uh, and the risk. And I've kind of always played well from a kind of underdog position. Right. So, um, this is a perfect fit for me. It's like, I don't know anybody in DeFi. I don't, I don't know shit about what most people are talking about <laughs> on the strategy standpoint, but I'm like, I want to learn all of it, you know, cause I, I want to live the dream too, you know? Uh, but when I, you know, uh, stumbled into the discord, it's funny. Like I only had like two little dots over on my discord. I just started using discord this summer, you know? So, um, but very comfortable working virtually. I've done that for a long time. Um, the, the the culture and the people were different. Um, they the the culture that I sensed in the group mimicked some of the best project like product management or project um, you know development teams that I've ever worked on in my career. Those and I worked and produced a documentary film during the pandemic that was kind of a, a sort of a local big deal. Um, I wish I could share it with you, but I'd have to dodge, dodge myself. So, um, but working as a, as a movie producer is that same thing. You're trying to grab all these different pieces and match them up and optimize them. And all of my businesses, you know, looking at different things that are doing, that are behaving in different ways and trying to form a composite portfolio and optimize those things. And the DAO is kind of like that. People are working in a decentralized fashion, all with a similar goal in mind, most of them. Um, but they're working in different ways and you're trying to look at how, what's the sum of all of this? What's the composite of all of this, right? How is the, you know, everybody's paddling, what's the overall direction the ship is going? And then it was like, well, is there some way that I can help direct it just a little bit, you know? Um, so I got involved and, and, and reached out to a couple of folks who were just working on docs, you know, it was an opportunity to build up the docs and I've done so much fucking research paper editing and writing <laughs> in the past. It's like, okay, I can yeah. probably help out here, you know? Uh, and that was just the easy way to get involved and, and start having some, some conversations with people. And I just, it just built, you know, but the, the culture and the feel of the group was really like, yeah, there's some big whale type investors in here, but they're interacting in the general chat in the discord. And they're like really helping people. They're answering questions. They're, um, you know, being respectful, regardless of whether you're a small fish or a massive whale, 
And I was just like, this is, this is the deal. Like, I'm going to be a part of this, you know? Yeah. I, I've noticed that in the, in the squid discord too, actually, like it's, um, it is a great group. It is not so big that it's crazy overwhelming. There's not a ton of people in there like yelling about price. Um, but, but it's very like kind of calm and collected and helpful, um, willing to bring along beginners, but, uh, you know, answer complicated questions. And, uh, you know, we scheduled this whole thing by just me hanging out in the discord and trying to figure out how to help with marketing. So, um, this is, I, I, I vouch for that too. Um, I, how uh, I'm curious now that we're we're like this far into it, but why why are you all like working so hard to stay anonymous? Um, you know what what is it that you get out of that? Is that like you staying anonymous from the feds or like from each other <laughs> or uh, is just like is it a opsec sort of thing? Like what's the motivation or mix of motivations? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I could. I can answer this also to throw in for the last point. Um, how do we grow to trust people? Uh, I guess it's pretty like consistent with web three and DeFi in its own, right? Like you verify, you don't trust. Um, so it's, you verify based on, you know, if it's your first day in the discord, like we're probably not going to trust you. Um, but you can quickly gain trust, um, where someone has just come in in the last week and has already proposed like, 35 different DeFi strategies. And you could tell that like, you can't make that stuff up, right? Like they're pretty high level, uh, intense strategies. Um, so right. That's like one way to gain trust. Um, the other is just like pure consistency, hard work. Like if you come in every day, ready to work, uh, whether it's answering questions, posting memes, uh, you just kind of gain trust that way. Um, and then your question about doxing, I like, it's not like I, I'm like working hard to dox and not dox. Um, it's just like much simpler, right? Like you don't need people like stalking you on LinkedIn and Google and like, who are you? Like, are you worthy of this, of this role that you're, you're fulfilling here? It's kind of like, not the point. The point is like, look at the work I've done, look at the work we're doing. And if that's good enough for you, like that's good enough for me. Um, and then there is also the aspect, um, like where we live, uh, you know, you just don't like want added trouble and not to say that like doxing in this project would give you added trouble, but it's like, who wants to take that added risk of like, what happens if in a year the US says like, one person needs to be responsible for the DAO and they're just going to pick the most active member. And like, no one wants any of that. So it's just much easier to to be like, hey, like, I'm happy to tell you about my background and, and where I've worked in the past without naming companies um and just kind of go from there and and yeah it's just kind of all about like verifying as opposed to like oh you have a uh, hundred thousand followers on your real account so you must be legit yeah it's a really interesting kind of um it makes meritocracy easier but everybody starts over you know um so on the, on the one hand like you don't have a long track record in some cases um but you can get you can earn respect quickly um even under a new a new pseudonym. Yeah, I agree with what Big Squid said. I mean, it's not because <laughs> some people have docs like to each other, right? Like I know some people, they know me now, like or we've met up or whatever. It's not, it's not really about like, oh, I can't uh, eventually this is gonna end poorly and I don't want anyone to know me. It's it really isn't that. It's just like Big Squid said, it's so much simpler <laughs> for like process and for me. 
running another company. Like, you know, I have a bunch of employees, right? It, and everyone is in a, di- a different situation. So it's just, it just makes it simpler. And it all, to me, what's been, because this is kind of my first time doing it, what's been interesting too, and I think Big Squid mentioned this was, you just measure people for the work that comes out. There's no, there's not like politics about it because you don't know who the freaking person is. So you just say, oh, great. Like you did that. You're the best. Awesome. Thanks for that meme. (laughs) Thanks for that article you wrote. Like that podcast was great. There's, it's so much easier to measure output and outcomes because everyone's just working for the same goal. No one's trying to position for anything. Love it. Um, so, uh, this may be, this may be a big squid question, but I want to do like, uh, when was squid born? How did it start? Like from whence did it come? How did the team come together? Um, I think that's like, a, it's a little bit of a mystery for me on like kind of how, where DAOs come from, you know, I know how companies are founded, but I don't know how different it is to, for a DAO to go, you know, zero to one and be born. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of all blur at this point. I think it's been like. <laughs> two and a half months i think is uh, i guess we're up to yeah like two and a half months that we've been alive um you mean so, two yeah, and like half I, years? it's like <laughs> two, 25 two years um uh yeah like i kind of knew of the founding team um but like wasn't necessarily like a part of planning the launch of this protocol um but how did DAOs come about? It's basically like a developer and like a business person or even just like two developers come together and say, like, let's build this protocol and this website and start a Discord. And then like slowly or quickly transition to giving power away. Um, so that's kind of what happened here is SquidDAO was a complete fair launch, meaning no VCs, no seed funding. Um, no one had access to NFTs that wasn't a fair option. Um, so NFTs were, it started every hour and then moved to every two hours and then four hours. Um, and that was the only way to buy each NFT for the first 44, 45 um, came with a squid token. So that was more or less like the the balancer liquidity pool launch, except rather than it being kind of like first to ape wins um, or biggest wallet wins. Um, it was just like, you know, like everyone has the right to to go out and try and win an auction to win one squid. Um, and so that's kind of how it was born. And yeah, the dev team it was like responsible for the model. And um, they had always envisioned building uh, the VE locked model. But everything after the auctions and, and the locking of the squid has kind of been commu- or has entirely been community driven. Um, so whether it's been through governance or before governance was even set up, when we started deploying strategies to SDE and Rocket Pool and just the basic E strategies, um, has all been community led. Um, and I think that's kind of the best way to go about it now is like start with, you know, a dev and a business person. And then in the first week, like really start to give out power. Um, and like, you know, like it's really not easy in the sense that there's still like a lot of like operational stuff and like structuring we need to do because right. Like we don't, it's kind of a DAO works is like, Oh, like I'm busy today. I'm not going to contribute, but I have nothing to do today. So I'll contribute for five hours. Um, So yeah, it's like, it's really a challenge in the sense that like, it's great to get this collective high brain of people working on the same goals and the same problems. 
Um, but unlike a company, you can't just be like, okay, you're promoted. You now oversee these five people. That's not really how it works at all. In a sense, it's just kind of like, okay, like who should we give a long-term contract to? Uh, how do we like, do we vote on this? Um, who decides this? Um, so yeah, all the traditional like, operational stuff become a lot harder, but the sourcing of ideas and talent and, uh, like community and, and network and friendship all becomes much easier than a traditional company. Yeah. So, so, um, if we had to like org chart the DAO at the moment, like, so long-term contracts is analogous to like, you know, employees, you're, you're expected to contribute a certain amount over a long period of time. Like what, how many people are involved at what different levels today? Right. Um, so right now, no one has a long-term contract. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of month to month right now. Um, right? Like, you're working hard this month. Here's some squid money. Um, the devs, here's money. Uh, op- right. Obviously, the devs get paid. Um, but even still, like, just because like we don't want to rush in to like, okay, you deserve this amount over four years. And then like next week, they just like disappear to an island, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. Like, it would be vesting and like, it was, wouldn't be like they steal money. But it's just like a much harder problem. When one like you don't really know the person, like you know their work, but you don't know them. Um, and two, it's like, um, because squid was a fair launch, it's not like we're Ave or, or insert huge DeFi protocol that has a billion dollars in their treasury that, you know, like they could just hand it out to everyone. Um, Squid got zero allocation of squid tokens. So it's all just earning fees. Um, So in that sense, like we're a little bit more cautious, at least now um, about how we pay out. Um, But yeah, I guess about in next month, there'll be about like, you know, like 15 people who make money directly via pay. And then we have a coordinate uh, which is basically like uh, a community dr- a community voting system for who gets the pot of money. Um, so say I get 15% of the votes, I get 15% of the pot. Um, and then there'll probably be another 10 people who get paid through the coordinate. Cool. That's awesome. Zoption. Uh, will you tell us what partnerships um, look like? Um, I know, like, maybe run us through an example of kind of who you work with, what you work on. Is this about, you know, effectively deploying the treasury? Is this about getting other people to buy squid? Um, and I know, I believe we have a partner. We squid has a partnership with index coop who I've also done a podcast with. So that might be a reasonable like example to use if it's a good example. Yeah, we can, I mean, the easiest one for, I, that one's probably not the best for me to talk on The the reality is like, we probably have like, man, I don't even know how many threads are going, at least 20 right now on different partnerships. The the most announced and kind of bigger one that has happened and uh, is there's still some in progress on it is the Olympus partnership. So, I mean, the way that it happened was just me DMing <laughs> Jaws and Zeus and just starting the conversation with them. That's the reality. Um, I, I mean, I had, I had had another thread with Jaws about something else, but I just DM'd them and said, "Hey, like, what would it look like if we worked together?" And that kind of kicked off a bunch of ideas internally about, you know, like, what could we do? How could it work? They gave us a bunch of ideas. We were asking, some, you know, for some advice from them on the, 
policy side as well as uh, some marketing questions. And then that led us to doing the 12 NFT project that that we released where the bidding was actually done in Ohm. And uh, we did, you know, the Olympus gods. And Zeus actually came out and like joined our spaces, mentioned that he's a squid holder and he actually purchased the the Zeus NFT. Um for 333 <laughs> oh <laughs> which is pretty sweet yeah and um it's obviously that's a huge price increase from the at the time what nfts were doing and i i don't know i can't remember the total ohm raised but it's, it was over half a million uh bucks in, in terms of value and so that was that partnership was super interesting like it, we we wanted to take a position in ohm and we also wanted to have a relationship with that group uh, in general. And so that was kind of the easiest way for us to kick it off and bootstrap a position in Ohm. And now that that position is staked. The next steps for that, we've taken our Geom and wrapped Squid and brought uh, an LP pool over to Phantom. And so now, you know, people that are more concerned about gas can, you know, purchase um, Squid over there. And so that's how we're utilizing some of the uh, our position in Olympus. And the next steps and kind of next discussion points with them are around, you know, our liquidity pool, as well as bonding and the potential for Olympus to bond Squid. The big one that's out right now that's that is kind of in proposal stage and passed on our side was taking a position in Redacted, um, and we've we've now purchased and staked. Uh, the token, and on their side, the plan is to have them bond Squid and then lock it for four years, and essentially promise to never sell it, and and then start voting, um, you know, in our protocol and and having a greater influence inside of Squid. So it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Where you could potentially have, you know, them putting in proposals and discussion points and uh, and and policy put in place that could benefit them and benefit us. So when I when I think about all of these deals, all I really care about and is like the long-term view of what it can do for for Squid and does it bring more buyers, right? Cuz our our challenge is not technology. We have like we can deploy technology super quick. We can spin something out really quick from what gets voted on in policy. Our challenge is getting new people to buy. It's not even reducing selling. Like we most of the people that wanted to get out on the whale side are out. And a lot of the large holders are locked. And some of them are locked for four years, which is basically an an eternity. It's forever. Um when you think about crypto. And so the commitment level is so high. So really what it's about now is how do you how do you force people to see the value of what uh, Squid is and what it can become? And so that's what a lot of these partnerships are, is trying to validate that point and and bring buying pressure to to the token. And you know, the proposal that just passed, which we kind of glossed over with the claimable ETH, that is like it's a it's a really crazy achievement. Like to, to be able to design something that allows you to directly claim ETH off of NFT ownership or locking a token and 
having real yield. Like it will be a very real amount of ETH for people compared to, oh, like I'll th- I could throw this in Aave and make 0.2, right? This is going to be a significant yield on ETH. I'm I'm very interested interested to see what that does to the NFT price as well as locking right people people there there will there will be an incentive to go buy 20k of squid lock it for four years knowing that if you do the math on that you're like well I'm gonna I'm gonna get over 20k in ETH back over those four years and still have the squid and you know still have the potential of token upside ETH upside. So I, everything we do is, that's the focus, right? How do we bring additional buyers? How do we help them understand like the mechanisms that we're building? Even listening to us at the beginning, I'm like, damn, part of our problem is it's kind of complicated. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of a lot of shit. Like, yeah. It's a lot. And for someone that wants to make like the 5K, 10K buy, it's like, well, wait, like, should I buy an NFT? Should I, what's V-Squid? What's like rap squid? It is a little bit complicated. So my invitation is just come to the Discord, ask the questions. Like no one's going to fire you down about asking a simple question like people do in other Discords. Like people are really happy to, to answer those questions and, and, and help you like make a decision on where to put your foot in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, you, uh, I'm glad you opened that up because, um, well, I was going to try to do like what are the types of token, but I think that's a bad idea. And there's good content like written about that in the in the kind of the FAQ and the guides. Um, plus, that's like 301. Um, but I want to do the I want to get into like the economics of the DAO, um, which is like kind of I feel like you you set us up perfectly for. Um, and I, I know like none of this is investment advice. Like, and everybody's got their own kind of way to value these things and model out the expected um, returns. But, and you, you can maybe each answer personally or just how, how you have thought about it. Um, but in order to get this far, you must have each had kind of a, a great expected value around buying either the token or the NFT or both. Um, and I just want to like walk through the numbers and the, the, like the case a little bit um, to the extent that we can and say like, you know, these are it's essentially like buying shares in a company whose cash flow you like and expect the value of the equity to go up um, and to get some dividends out of it. But like, you know, what are the variables in that equation? And, and can you kind of take us through it? I mean, I have my way of doing it. If you guys like, because I've done a ton of these like an analysis of different DAOs. And I think the first article I released was just this concept around kind of the, the inevitability of the squid DAO reaching 100,000 ETH, right? So in all these DAOs, you can, you can do a valuation based on kind of like an income, like derivative, right? Okay, how much money are they making? Or the more common one, because it's a little simpler, is just to say, okay, what's the multiple on the treasury, or like what is what is it trading at um, against what it has on its balance sheet, essentially. And today, squid—I don't know what the price is at the very like this very moment, but I believe we're either at or below risk-free value. Meaning, if we pulled the LP pool and we pulled all treasury out and we sold it for ETH, we would be trading basically at that number. And so people are just valuing us at that point. So 
from an investment thesis, if you look at um, Clima or Olympus, I think are still the two that are trading, even with Clima's like crazy decline, um, they're still trading at the highest multiples. And I think Clima at one point was like 30x uh, treasury. And Olympus was like really strong at kind of 20, 15 to 20x for a really long time treasury. So it gives you a sense of the potential kind of upside on specifically the squid token. And that doesn't factor in any of the other aspects, right? NFT, locking mechanisms, uh, you know, any additional bonding that we do. So the bullish case on squid is essentially, look, you're, we like if we went down another 50%, we would be incentivized to either purchase the token up to risk-free value or distribute the ETH. So investing today is kind of, you can't say it's risk-free because there's always risk in anything you do, but it, when you're investing in specifically a DAO at this moment, we're basically at the best entry point you could get in theory, right? Now, there are protocols, if you look at you know other chains where they are trading below risk-free value, but a lot of those, if you look at them, it's because the the team maybe isn't active, the team isn't willing to do buybacks, the team isn't willing to liquidate because of the way we're set up. All those things would potentially be on the table because you can propose it, you can bring it to governance, right? It, it is a collaborative effort. So when I look at valuing Squid, it's 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 really that simple. We have more revenue streams than other protocols because you have NFT and you have an aggressive yield farming strategy that has been put in place and bonding. So you have an additional revenue stream that they normally don't. And and we're trading as low as you po- basically possibly can, right? So from an entry point, it's it's super interesting. And I think even yesterday, Big Squid made an additional buy, you know, on top of, you know, his already pretty large position. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's, I can add on to that too, but another way of like building confidence is like, hey, look, like I'm not leaving. I'm still buying. Like if I think it's a good buy, like I there's a good chance I know all the partnerships we're discussing, all the strategies we're building. Um, and if I'm buying, like maybe you should be buying, right? Um, not financial advice, of course. Um, and then to kind of like uh, not simplify, but to bring back to like tradfi terms of what Zoption was saying. Squid is basically trading at like 80% of book value, which would mean like if an ETF was trading at 80% of the assets it had in its treasury, I mean, on its balance sheet. Um, And the most interesting thing about Squid is that like, not only is it trading at 80%, but the assets are in ETH, right? So if ETH were to go to 20K in the next four years, right? Like I'm locked for four years. So I'm thinking four-year time span. If it's at 20K in four years, then in theory, without any of the revenue and any of the yield, the price of Squid should be 4x. And it's just like the way you you think about it in the sense where it's like, you could compare us to other uh, own forks, like like Zaption was saying, and say like, okay, like they're trading at a premium, so should we. But even if you take a step back and say like, okay, why are we trading at a discount? Um, does that make any sense considering our, our treasury is in ETH and put to work? Um, from my perspective, it doesn't. Um, but even if it does, from your perspective, if you think ETH is bullish and going to go up, uh, then almost by default, or 
um, as design. So should should Squid Token. Um, and yeah, so like I have a pretty substantial stake of Lock Squid for four years, as well as a position of just stake Squid. And then um, I, I got Squid 14, which was an early auction. Um, so extremely undervalued to where it shot up to after that. Um, and then made some many sub- substantial buys after that. Um, but I realized that I only had one NFT and, you know, one NFT was like, I couldn't even, when I was proposing all these votes, like it was hard for me to get any momentum with these votes. And I just had to go out and like basically politic for other people to vote for my stuff. Um, so I bought, bought two more NFTs and it's not like I control governance at all. Um, but now I have like, you know, like 4% of the vote is me now. So it's like, Hey, like I have this vote and it's 4% of the way there already. So, you know, like, let me go out and find 15 of the other percent and the other will just come naturally. Um, yeah. So I don't even remember the question you asked really, um, but I'm just kind, we're, kind of, well, we're just kind of like talking through, through the economics, like the expected values of these things. Um, and, and the NFTs is an interesting one too, because the, the government's matters, um, but it probably matters to you because you have so many squid tokens. Um, and something that I remember trying to calculate real quick was like, what is the cash and cash return of the NFT itself? Because the NFT entitles you to um, rewards, some from the bonding, um, but now also from the NFT sales. So like, what's the, you know, what was the payback period of your, of your NFT? Right. So, um, I'm going to be honest, I'm a true DeFi ape. I do not calculate time <laughs> to make back money. It's just like a all gut feel. Um, and like all, uh, I'm a very uh, qualitative investor. Um, so that's just vibes, stuff, like, man. Def- just vibes, not even yeah, napkin exa- math. Yeah, exactly. No napkin math, vibes only. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in terms of, and the reason I say that is like I'm half joking here, but like when you get paid rewards in the same token that the investment is in, it's like that's not really even a worthy calculation from my perspective because if the token shoots up then your math is totally wrong and if the token plummets your math was totally wrong um so it's not really relevant in that sense it's more of like a a bonus option um yeah. but it is one of the hardest ad- things about some of these rebase tokens like time right. and ohm and stuff you're like i mean the rebase is great but it's so dwarfed by the price then that you could be right or wrong just based on speculation Exactly. But what I would model um, if I were to be buying an NFT today is how long it would take me to get my ETH back um, based on the price, based on this new governance proposal that was just passed, um, where you're going to be getting uh, 20% of all the ETH divided by your pro rata share of all the NFTs. So I own three, so three divided by, uh, I think we're on like 105 now. Um, And I would do that math to be like, oh, like this is kind of a no brainer investment. Like, in 185 days, like I'm gonna just earn back all the ETH I spent on this NFT, and then all the additional wrap squid, wrap stake squid will be free in a sense, um, because the NFT will have already paid for itself, and then the governance votes will just kind of be an add-on at that point. Um, so yeah, I don't know the math yet because, like Zoption said, like theoretically this should drive up the price of NFTs. Um, it will probably happen slower than than we think, and then kind of all at once um, when like big investors uh, or VCs start to buy them to to kind of leverage the ETH in the, the treasury. Um, but yeah, like I, I like to in DeFi, I like to really separate what's real yield, uh, meaning dollars or ETH or uh, 
basically, yeah, I guess really just basically dollars or ETH. And then everything else as kind of just like free rewards. And like, you can't really classify that as like real interest or real money. Because like, again, like if, if Squid goes 10x and like your calculation was nonsense anyway, right? Um, so right, at making Squid and NFTs a productive asset will really allow investors and, and quantitative investors to, to really run these analysis. Squid Steve, do you have anything to add on the uh, on the sort of the valuation and math? I'm guessing you did a little bit more math than Big Squid did. Uh, I did. I mean, I did some, but I'm you know I I, I kind of waver back and forth between the uh, the polar opposites of like extreme quantitative due diligence and also like just what's the look and feel of it, uh, the vibe of it, so to speak. You know, I mean, I um, I, I didn't have as as much of a long term well formed view as a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are attracted to Squid because they're long ETH, like they are ETH maximalists. And for you know folks that are new listening, they have a view that. Um, ETH is going to be the most ultra sound form of um, digital currency in the world, right? Um, and if you're an ETH maxi, this this strategy can make a lot of sense because not only are you getting a long ETH or a, you know a bullish ETH exposure over a t- over time, but you know over an investment life or a market cycle, you know you should earn a premium on that because we're going to farm. Um, we're going to farm and invest ETH in a way that most small fish can't do on their own, you know, due to gas costs, due to expertise, due to just time, you know, uh, and the, and the, uh, the, uh, um, opportunities or benefits of scale that we have, you know, with the 12,000 ETH treasury, um, uh, plus, plus extra. So there's, there's that view, but from the vibe side, if you look at the people who are involved in the innovation that's happening, uh, and, and, you know, the way that this was set up, one thing you, we talked about earlier was uh, communication in the Dow early on, some of the initial challenges and hurdles. I looked at it as, you know, the, the founding devs kind of did us a favor by being silent on some things, right? Because, uh, it, you know, it, what, it, what it forced to happen was, and I don't know if it's intentional or I like to think that the founding team was probably just like a lot of us who have families and day jobs and um, really interesting to uh, do a project on the side and all of a sudden it blows up and you're you're working around the clock trying to make it happen, you know? Um, and whatever the case may be, uh, that team allowed the opportunity to take place for people, you know, for, for the cream to rise to the top, right? For people to get involved, to make moves, to stick their neck out, uh, to ask for more responsibility, all the things you want to see in like a, a successful startup, right? Or somebody trying to make a name for themselves. This was the perfect opportunity for that. Uh, and it, it gave those of us who don't like to sit around and wait for people. I mean, there were certainly a lot of people like, where are the devs? They need to get in here and fucking fix this shit. The price is doing this, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, and and we've had so many of those questions. It's like, okay, well, you know, you could sit around and and uh, continue to stew on that, or you could um, just, you know, stake and chill and do some work, like uh, get involved with any of these big brains in the Discord uh, or these hardcore builders in the Discord that are that are uh, passionate about this and, and learn something, you know, um, just jump in somebody's back pocket in addition to what we're doing in Squid Dow just to learn about the broader industry. So from from that standpoint, 
you know, I'm, I have a, a bullish thesis on squid, the token. I have a bullish thesis on the discord. I have a bullish thesis on, um, you know, how we kind of change and grow, how much has happened in a, what, two and a half month period that, you know, we have accomplished more in two and a half months than I've, than my company I work for has accomplished in the last nine years, you know, um, <laughs> it, that rate of change, that openness to new ideas, uh, and also, you know, it's the, the self-governance is, is working, you know, uh, people are very passionate about topics, uh, but they are accepting of people pushing back too and saying, Hey, I don't, you know, I, I hear you really smart on that topic and you're really passionate about that topic, but I just don't think that works. And people tend to say, okay, well, you know, thanks for letting me know. And let's, let's rehash it a different way. You know, all that to me is those are the ingredients, you know, like we don't know exactly what the cake's going to look like when it comes out of the oven six months or a year or two years or four years from now, but the ingredients are there. The utensils, the cookware is there. We've got the highest, you know, we've got the most commercial high dollar kitchen to bake the cake that you could imagine. So it's, it's, it it feels obvious to me that the product that's going to come out, you know, the cake that's going to come out of the oven is going to be pretty damn nice. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting to look at. I mean, if anybody's listening, who's made it this far, they clearly uh, at least care somewhat or believe in uh, Web3 and DeFi and looking for ways to somewhat passively get like a smart edge on things without, you know, everybody's kind of like overwhelmed trying to keep up with all this, all the new protocols, all the new ideas. Um, and, and are kind of looking for a way to, how do I, who can I find to trust to like manage my money in an open way that can help me like get, you basically have to beat ETH as a return, right? Like anybody can just buy ETH and hold it. Um, and if this is a viable option for, you know, earning 10x, if ETH is going to earn 7x over the next two years, um, then I think that's a really interesting thing to look at. And seems like the way the people in the Squid Dow think of it, because, you know, there's, Maybe you guys can tell me if there's more reasons why ETH is kind of, why everything's like denominated in ETH. Um, but it seems like that's at least the mindset of like, look, if we're not beating the like return of just holding ETH, then you know, what are we doing here? Right. Um, yeah, so we're not, uh, I know the word ETH maxis has been said multiple times. It's more like ETH maxis as in like ETH is the best index. Like if you're not beating ETH, what are you even doing here? Um, but it's not like we hold other tokens in the asset in the treasury. It's not like we hold convex. We just bought butterfly. We're farming, uh, curve and convex. Uh, we have a position in Y axis, um, which is pretty significant in their gauge. So we're, we're earning a lot from their gauge. Um, Ohm yeah, now more, too. yeah, yeah, exactly. Ohm as well. Um, it, it's, so I would, we're still, we haven't like, uh, formally announced this. I don't know if we ever will in the sense that like our index is um if we don't beat putting east into ste on convex and then staking that that lp token and earning convex if we're not e- earning if we're not beating that five to seven percent that that pays under ETH, then we're basically failing right like if you could do the most passive strategy and beat squid dow which is a bunch of big brains that that have experienced deploying strategies um then then right like what's the point um 
which is like pretty unique in the sense that like you'll find a fund that's marking that's holding denominating in dollars and benchmarking against ETH. Whereas like we denominate our portfolio in ETH. And if we're not earning 7%, if it's not growing by 7% a year in ETH, then we kind of view that as a failure. Um, but yeah, again, like it's not ETH max ETH. It's more just like, we don't look at the dollar amount so much. We just look at the, the amount of ETH that the portfolio is worth. Um, and then to kind of like directly answer a question, if like someone... It's like, okay, like I, I want to learn a little bit more about Squid or like maybe I'm already fully invested, but want to do some farming. Well, how do I learn? Um, the best thing that I could do to recommend would be to, so Squid is fully on chain. So you could see all the trades that we make and all the farming strategies we deploy. So if you go into our Discord uh, in resources and scroll up to the Zapper bundle, you could actually go to the history and look at all the trades we've been making. So that's kind of one way to like get your own uh, farming ideas on your own. Um, and the other is just kind of like joining the Discord and like watching, going to the eStrategies channel and just like watching some of the people go back and forth. Um, and even if the DAO passes on it because like we're not looking to invest in options right now or like the strategy is too risky because of X, Y, and Z, like maybe you don't think so. And that's just like kind of an, a place that, to get new ideas. Um, which like as Steed and, and Zoption were saying, like that's kind of like one of the best parts about being involved in Squid DAO is that all the people are so friendly and and smart that like even if you're not gonna do the strategy you're talking about for Squid, you're learning on your own, right? Um so even if you never speak in the Discord and you're just like kind of read only, um, you'll still be able to learn a, a crazy amount about e strategies and deploying ETH and what's a safe amount to borrow against uh, ETH collateral? And then you borrow dollars, how do you best farm with that? Um, when to sell the tokens you're earning back into ETH and all, all these kind of things. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of the, the best way to learn in DeFi is really by doing it, like reading articles and, and strictly scrolling on Twitter is never really gonna get you that final like 30% you need. Um, it'll get you like the first 50 to 70%, but really to, to get a true mastery, like you really just have to like invest your own money and, and take the risks yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I often tell people that even if you're not looking to invest in, in squid, just join the discord and, and maybe we'll just get some other investment ideas or, or some new lines of thinking. Yeah, to totally agree with that. Um, it's a little bit more skin in the game and a little higher signal than, um, than scrolling Twitter for sure. Um, I want to kind of bookend this, uh, bookend this like economics kind of chunk um, with. Oh, can I jump in with one thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I just meant to say is, you know, relevant to or, or you know, to use the analogy for the broader kind of you know, trad fi investing public. Um, you know, we're on ETH mainnet, right? And ETH for us is cash essentially. Like, um, it's not just about investing ETH. It's that. Um, we're built on ETH and we, we take in money from NFTs. We're taking that in in cash, which for us is ETH, right? So we're, we're building up this stockpile of ETH cash and we're putting that cash to work in other protocols to earn a return on that to eventually make more cash. It's kind of the same way as, you know, a fund collects, you know, US dollars to invest. They buy a bunch of other stuff because the end goal of the investor is to have more cash, right? At some point. So that can, that point can get lost at times when, when people are in the Discord or when people are checking the price and they're checking the USD price, well, the USD price is great, but the ETH price is really 
the one to follow, right? Because that's home base for us, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's almost like the fund reinvesting its own management fees or something into more equity, but you hold equity in the fund by buying the token. So uh, I grabbed some numbers to kind of put to some of these um, things that you guys mentioned. So uh, as we are recording in sort of January, early January 2021, um, the market cap uh, is around 49 million. You guys correct me if I'm, I'm wrong or misreading anything. The market value of treasury assets is about 41 million. And so that's like, yeah, I think you said 80, 80%. Um, and then the risk-free value of treasury assets is 27 million. What, what accounts for the, the difference between like market value and risk-free value? Yep. So there's there's two pieces, right? There's the risk-free value, which is ETH that we have banked, um, cash that we brought in, in other words, from NFT sales, right? Um, there's also a decent amount of liquidity that we hold as part of the liquidity pools, right? So people can interact with our ecosystem by um, depositing their their mix of um, liquidity in, in ETH and Squid into an LP, right? Um, however, we, we actually own the vast majority of that liquidity pool that's on our balance sheet and it's part of our treasury, but because it's in that liquidity pool sleeve, if you will, it's not, um, it's not part of the risk-free value calculation. I so can, okay. So those are still, those are all still owned assets. They could be made liquid at any point, really. Um, uh, they're just kind of a different bucket. They're subject to cool. a permanent loss, basically. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, risk-free is just kind of like, here's the ETH that you deployed, um, and this is like your base asset, whereas like an LP, even though half of it is ETH, it's still like its own type of investment. Um, also, got just it, to, it, it. To, to kind of update or correct the numbers you put out, I think you only were looking at um, the multi-sig uh, address. There's, so there's two addresses for Squid's tre- treasury. One is multi-sig and the other one is like the where the funds go directly from NFTs um, and then they're moved from that wallet to the multi-sig to be invested. Um, so the book value of, according to Zapper right now, which um, I know there's um, a pretty large investment in a 500 ETH investment. So 500 ETH is worth, uh, that's like $2 million now. So Zapper is saying the, Two wallets combined is worth fifty-three million ETH. Uh, sorry, fifty. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, fifty-three million dollars um, plus the two million dollars that's not showing there, so fifty-five million. Um, and Squid Token is trading at forty-nine million. Um, so again, below book value. Um, but that so that fifty-five million includes the LP. Um, so that's higher than the risk-free value because that's uh, investments that quote unquote have risk. Yeah, which is what Squid C just explained. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. I was looking at the um, Dune Analytics dashboard, um, so that may mm-hmm. only be looking at that one, uh, the multi-sig address. Right. I think some of the investments uh, Dune doesn't recognize, like when you when you deposit into certain protocols, it doesn't see that necessarily, um, or the 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 query that was created isn't updated to to include all that. Um, so yeah, that's a, I guess like another problem with, with our fund is like <laughs> when you go to like invest in any other fund, like the numbers are there and they're very clear. Um, whereas like on chain, obviously things are a little bit more difficult because if it's not on Zapper, it's not on Dune, it's kind of like lost in this, in the ether. Um, 
but we are working on a partnership or the partnership we have a partnership with multifarm um who's creating us custom dashboards um to that are going to be public uh where everyone can see all of our deployed strategies um the buckets of risk that each strategy is in um and then they're going to be building us some private ones to kind of monitor our liquidations and and deeper into to risk levels um and kind of which protocols um are we do we have all our our money deployed on so for example like 40 percent is is exposed to convex uh etc things like that um so like that'll be amazing once that comes out so we can be able to share it. and rather than me telling people to go look through zapper <laughs> and the history which obviously you need some experience to even comprehend what zapper is telling you um once these dashboards come out it'll be a lot simpler and and kind of like oh i logged into fidelity like what does etf look like it'll be a lot more like that that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy. I mean, you guys are only two and a half months old. So like super baby here and all the tools are evolving for all these DAOs so quickly. Um, you know, I'm sure this is you are you are not the only ones with this challenge. Um, the other number to drop, I think, is uh, that also if I'm reading this right. Yesterday, the DAO took in 11 ETH. So basically like $42,000. Yeah. Which is so like the yeah, annualized is around 15 million yep exactly so the nfts um had dropped down to like five ETH for a couple of days uh you know price action was down and people were, were scared there weren't that many bidders um but obviously things change very quickly and now with this new proposal that ETH will be paid out um and some really cool art uh the, the most recent nfts has been some really cool art um, so yeah, now we're averaging, you know, close to 10 ETH again for, for NFT auctions. And like you said, that's $15 million a year, assuming ETH doesn't go up. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's, that's a really exciting spark part of being a SPAC with revenue. Um, it's like, we have all this ETH and, and money to deploy, but we're also going to continuously raise for perpetuity into perpetuity. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, a f- $50 million like company trading at book value of its assets earning $15 million a year. Right, exactly. And when you say With like upside. that, people are, <laughs> right. people are like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. how does that make any sense? Um, but right, when you come to crypto, it's like, wait, the team is just like these random internet people that are talking on Discord. Um, and then, it, you know, like it's something you need to get over. But once you kind of understand that DAOs with um, anonymous people contributing um, is actually a lot more powerful because it's like, uh, I'm good at this. You are good at that. Let's like work together to, to build this, uh, new product, new tool, new marketing campaign, um, is a lot more beneficial than like, okay, this is your job at this company to do this, whether you're good at it or not. Um, it becomes a lot more beneficial to, to kind of share roles and responsibilities. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the, the risk exists and that's, uh, that's where some of the reward comes in or where some of the upside comes from. Um, so, I mean, and also like, it's fair to say that there's a lot being pioneered here. Like, um, I think it's easy to hear something on a podcast and be like, oh, like everybody knows about this less than 200 people or 2000 people, uh, hold squid tokens still as far as that dashboard says. So like wildly early, like all of those people would fit in one room. Um, so it, it, we think of this as like a secret conspiracy happening in the open online. It's way more fun for me. Um, so what? Um, let's talk about like this. The long. This is this is fourth quarter. We're almost done. I promise. 
Um, I know I've been like just digging and digging and digging, but I want to I want to look really, really far out. Um, what what is what does a squid down look like at its very highest aspiration? Like what happens if everything works perfectly? Yeah. So, I mean, I've made this joke on Twitter um, that squid is like the Web3 investment bank. Um, like Goldman Sachs before all the regulations were put into place as to what they were allowed to invest in. Um, in the sense that like SquidDAO is just this massive investment vehicle with no rules. Um, we can invest in whatever we want, whatever tokens we want, as long as it's on chain, right? I guess we do have rules, like we're not buying real estate. Um, we're not doing anything like that. Um, but as long as it's on chain, um, we're open to it, um, which then kind of like opens the window to to some like friendly investment manager competitions where it's like uh, there's been discussions of like me and a couple other people uh, coming together to start a new multi-sig um, of all trusted DAO, DAO members to be like, okay, a larger DAO, give us uh, 250 ETH and we're going to deploy it as we see fit. Um, the fees yeah, will the be this. Works. Yeah. Exactly. And then, right, like other people will be like, oh, I'm capable manager too. Like, let me get some ETH or uh, we're, we just spun up uh, or we're in the process of spinning up uh, Squid at Ventures, which will be our seed venture fund. Um, so it's like, oh, you were, you're a venture capitalist in in Web in Web two, and like you want to come contribute, like come help us like find deals and and deal flow, and, and then look at them and, and decide which ones we want to invest in. Yeah, um, man, put me in that Squid at Ventures channel. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess to wrap it up, like it's. It is open-ended in the sense that, like, you know, banks and investment banks will always be adding new units and new investment arms as they see fit. Um, so that's kind of my vision there. It's like we'll have these like really strong revenue sources and really strong farming revenue and really strong returns from venture investments and, uh, you know, some some to- liquid token investments, and then we'll have all this other money from those returns and revenue to to kind of diversify risk and invest in new strategies. Love it. What, uh, so what can we do to, let's, let's talk about like the, the contributor participation piece. Um, like what, what kind of help do you need to get there faster? Um, what, what, what do you, uh, ask not what the squid can do for you, but what you can do for the squid, uh, what, what sort of stuff is there to, uh, chip in? Yeah. On? So, so I guess like, this is not the answer you're looking for, but really anything <laughs> like um, marketing, biz dev, uh, are you a developer, are you a front end developer? Um, are you a degen strategist? Are you a, uh, a coding strategist? Meaning like you could deploy uh, smart contracts that will say, okay, leverage this amount and then start to close leverage at these prices and kind of automate all the strategies. Um, we would love to like a yearn strategist basically. Um, we would love to to get some of those on board. Um, or if you're just like, uh, you know, if you're just like a, a smart person that works in web two, like just come start talking and like reading what, what we need help with. And like, th- you'll definitely be able to find things th- to contribute. Um, but I think that's kind of right. Like as Steve was saying, he was like, how did I get here? Like, I feel like I don't belong, <laughs> but like, but like I'm being very productive and like, I know I'm doing good things and the DAO is telling me I'm doing good things. Um, I think that's kind of also what like separates us from some of the other DAOs is like the team watched the protocol and is still involved, but like, they're not, they're more like devs and like, I'll talk to them about strategy, but they're not so much involved in day to day and like 
oh, should we post this governance vote with 4% or 5%? They're not really involved in that sense. Um, so from the very early days, um, basically anyone who came into the Discord with good ideas, I would say, okay, like, here's your role. You just got assigned this tag in the Discord. You can now see these channels. Um, and that kind of level of, uh, of openness and like, you didn't need, there was no interview. I didn't need to see a resume. Like you gave me one good idea and you're already able to contribute. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean like we're going to implement your strategies, but just to be able to like be in the room, um, with the decision makers or the collective decision makers of people who have a lot of governance votes is like pretty powerful. And I think that's kind of a reason why a lot of web two people, um, like Zoption and Steed have have gravitated towards Squid is because like we don't care that you know like you don't have my two years of of DeFi investing experience right like that doesn't matter um, just because like I was early doesn't mean like I'm better than anyone else um, and that's kind of the mentality we took is like if you just like if anyone shows that they're going to work hard or or write good articles or or contribute vision to the protocol like we're we're willing to to get you involved. Um, but yeah, I guess on a specific level, like we definitely need help getting the word out, um, with marketing, um, and like, right. Marketing kind of has many legs to it, right? Like there's like the crypto, crypto Twitter marketing, which like between everyone and the DAO is like, that's sufficiently covered in, in a sense. Um, but then of course there's like the much grander marketing, which is like, we need, we don't have any materials that a traditional fund would have yet. Like here's our, uh, prospectus and here's our, uh, investment fund uh, overview. And here's, uh, you know, just all the traditional stuff when you go to a, a normal fund, you'll see on their website. Like we have, we're not that mature yet where we have all that stuff. But if you do, no, if you're there's working, like a notion that anybody can jump in and chip in on. And uh, there's a notion, there's some docs, there's a wiki. Um, so uh, let's do a real quick, like three different buckets for next steps. So next steps for general curiosity is like who to follow on Twitter, what to read and what to join. Sure. Uh, who to follow on Twitter. Uh, definitely Squid Dow, which is at Squid Dow on Twitter. Uh, myself, uh, Big Squid Zero X. Uh, Zoption. Um, I can't remember his Twitter name offhand, but if you just scroll down the Squid Dow or, or my Twitter feed, I've definitely retweeted him recently. Um, and then Zero X Deed, who was on the call earlier, um, and then like, if you just follow the us three and the, the DAO, you'll be able to see all the people who are retweeted, who are actively tweeting about squid or, or involved in the DAO. Um, so yeah, I guess that's like level one is just like, okay, I don't really want to contribute, but I just want to like be up to date on what's happening. Yeah. Um, learn more. Twitter. Second, second bucket being, uh, investors. Um, so right. if people are interested in investing, mm -hmm. um, then definitely join the discord. Um, and there's like a lot of different channels that you will get access to over time. Um, well, actually, let me take that back. A lot of them are public. Um, so you could see a lot of the, the partnerships that are, that are happening and the e-strategies. Um, but then like, as we identify you as like, okay, you're really good at uh, e-strategies and marketing, you'll be added to a couple other channels. But uh, just like consider that like premium alpha. If you're not in those channels, like definitely open to asking any questions and there's gonna be a million people who come in and answer those questions um you'll be able to read all the way up to all the partnerships and, and what's being talked about um so yeah if you're an interested investor definitely join the discord um and read through the docs which are linked on uh the squid.xyz if you scroll down on the left bar 
Um, you'll be able to see a link to governance and docs. Um, so I definitely read through all the recent governance posts to see what's passed, what hasn't passed, um, kind of look through the voters um, to see who are the top voters. Um, and then they kind of click around on their NFT, uh, their uh, ENS ad addresses. Are they buying? Are they selling? Are they buying more? Right. Um, and yeah, and then just kind of like read through the docs and, and kind of ask questions as they um, come to you. Cool. Okay. Um, and as you mentioned, contributors of all stripes. So marketing, writing, meme making, um, strategy, developer of, of kind of any like skill set um, and design. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a way to kind of chip in and help, I think, pretty much no matter where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I feel like, I mean, there's still another page and a half of notes here. I could, I could do this all day. There's so many interesting things to dig into. Um, maybe we'll have to, we'll have to check in in a little bit here. Um, but I, I super appreciate you kind of, um, bringing us all along and showing what's going on. I'm very excited about this whole world. And I think Squid is such a perfect example of everything exciting that's happening in DeFi, in NFTs in investing in web three and in DAOs, it's kind of like understanding squid DAO means you understand almost all of what's happening in web three applied like happening in real time um it's just such a perfect amazing example and full of good people even though they're anonymous so um thank you for for taking the time um all of you and appreciate you taking the time to teach everybody and uh i hope to see some more people in the discord soon yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, definitely happy to come back on in a couple of weeks or months or whatever and, and kind of discuss uh, the recent happenings. Um, and just to throw in one other point, like if you are listening to this as an investor or um, a major stakeholder in another DeFi protocol or, you know, you, you have some exposure elsewhere, um, I would definitely uh, suggest you look into the NFTs um, and kind of leverage the open decentralized fund as it should be, um, meaning that the capital is truly open. And if you have good ideas um, to benefit yourself um, and will benefit Squid as well, like definitely come and pitch them because, you know, right, like we're not set on our own ideas and we're, we're open to, to listening to anyone with good ideas. So, you know, if you're if you are an early DeFi protocol founder or investor, definitely get involved with Squid um, in whatever sense, because we would love to help you, whether it be loans or or seeding. Um, yeah, and just kind of see where that would take us together. Put that treasury to work, baby. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, Big Squid. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks so much. Bye. Really appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thank you for listening. This was our longest episode ever, so I'll, I'll keep the outro short. Um, if you liked this episode, you want more like it, you will definitely want to check out my interview with Simon Judd. Uh, he's from Index Coop, which is a, a DAO that creates index products in the crypto world. Um, second, uh, Jason Hitchcock, my most listened to episode ever. Um, he is a, a DeFi degen and strategist and knows a lot about some of the protocols that we mentioned in here and the investment opportunities. Last is Sean O'Connor, who does a, an amazing explanation kind of of the basics of blockchain and has an amazing story about um, tokenizing the first NBA contract and other sort of um, investment opportunities and novel applications of, of Web3 technology. 
So uh, check check those episodes out. If you love this completely free, unsponsored podcast that I invest thousands of dollars and many hours of my life into, please leave a quick review uh, and help share with others, help the podcast grow. My thought to end on here for you to carry with you is just how crazy the variety of things happening all over the world is. The economy is truly mind-bogglingly huge and fun, and we're all just so lucky to be alive right now. I I hope you uh, take some time to marvel at it the way I do. And this interview uh, got me to think on new thoughts and see farther um, than I have before. And I always relish that uh, those moments. I really appreciate you hanging out with us today. This is all about laughing and learning, building leverage, and compounding our faces off. What our brains aren't evolved to comprehend is how much leverage is possible in modern society. There's a revolution going on, man. Uh, Go pay attention to it. Get a part of it. Get exposed to it. You're going to make money along the way. You're going to have fun. The call to adventure. This is the new form of leverage. Take a few quiet moments for yourself, breathe deep, and be well. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.